Hello and welcome to Embassy City Church Podcast. This is a place where all people can experience the love of God through the Word of God. Our prayer is that you will be inspired and transformed. Thank you for joining us today. All right, let's go. Let's go. 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. 2 Corinthians chapter number nine, I want to read a few verses in your hearing. If you're uh, a nerd and you're taking notes on this message, the title of this message simply is The Grace to Give. I want to talk to you about the grace to give. I'm going to read these verses in 2 Corinthians chapter number nine, starting at the sixth verse. Here's what Paul writes. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds would get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met And they will joyfully express their thanks to God. As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God. For your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. And they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. Thank God for this gift too wonderful for words. That's good stuff. The grace to give. Bow your heads. Let's pray over the word, shall we? Holy Spirit, give us a grace to give. In Jesus' name, amen. You all have absolutely no idea how excited I am to teach this message today. Literally woke up this morning feeling like I was going to jump out of my skin because I got to teach this message to this group of believers. What makes it exciting for me is because any time as I was growing up in churches, going to conferences, convocations, uh, (laughs) revivals or whatever, the only time uh, a message on giving was raised is when uh, the raiser needed money. Giving message only came to. Uh, 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 be a stopgap because we needed funds to be raised. We, 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 we need a message on giving or a series on giving because we're low on the funds and so therefore we need a message on giving to be preached. The reason why I'm so excited today to teach this message is because uh, this is not the case for this church. <laughs> uh, I'm actually teaching a message on giving to give you context to how great you are at giving. It's not in the hopes that you will start being givers. It's because you're so great at giving that I need to give you a context to how great you really are at giving. 
you do what you do so well that the Lord told me to preach a message on it so you would know how well you do what you do when you give. We, 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 we uh, have here uh, assembled our 9 a.m., our 11, and, and, and our 1 o'clock. Uh, collectively, uh, th- this church is so good at giving um, that, that it has literally blown our minds, the elders' minds, and the people we've been able uh, to bless. I grew up in uh, church services where uh, giving was usually associated with manipulation. It was usually associated with a lot of control. It was uh, you were either guilted into it or you were stirred up in your emotions to the point that that you could not even uh, 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 enjoy an authentic move of God's presence without it being manipulated at the end for financial gain. Uh, I've been in one thousand dollar offering line churches, five thousand dollar offering line churches, uh, ten thousand dollar offering line churches. Uh, And what's amazing to me is that every time they would go for these gains, um, nobody ever read 2 Corinthians chapter number nine. I was really confused by that because I read in 2 Corinthians chapter number nine that that Paul is raising an offering for the church in Jerusalem. And he said, hey, I want you all to be able to give, but I don't want you to give reluctantly or in response to pressure. Oh, that verse must have not been in the Bible at the conference. I don't know if that verse was in the Bible at at the end of the church service because because uh, always felt like if I didn't give. That that I was going to be cursed if I didn't give, something was going to happen to me. I, I was guilted in believing that, 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 that God's presence coming into the room meant that I now have to give a seed. I'm going to take my time. That, that, that dad coming home meant I had to pay him for being there. In this atmosphere, I just think it would be good to do a breakthrough seed. A turnaround seed. A you you next seed. Lower your blood pressure seed. They got creative with these seeds. There seems to be an inexhaustible list of ways that you could give and the reasons why you should be able to give. No more migraines, sow a seed. Or I could buy Advil. And save $95. <laughs> Your way is expensive. <laughs> Giving should come from the heart. Giving should be coming from a place that is stirred up within you for no other reason that God is just moving on your heart. And it's not external pressure that's, that, that's causing it. It's an internal peace that's moving you towards it. He said, I don't want you to give reluctantly or a response to pressure. So if you have ever seen an offering plate go by you, and, it, and I know you haven't seen an offering plate in here, but wherever you were, if you saw the offering plate go by you and you put something in the offering envelope or, or, or in the box or the, or, or, or the uh, pan like this, mm, then you should just get it back out and put it in your pocket. Because if you gave it like that, here, here, here's what scripture says, then you shouldn't have even given it. <laughs> if you gave in response to pressure, if you felt like if I don't give this, then, then something's going to happen to me. 
You shouldn't give in response to pressure. See, see, when I read this, it just freed me up in every church service I went in thereafter. And this happened for me like 15 years ago. I would be in church services and they would be like, there's a move of God in here. I want everybody that can to give a thousand dollars. And I was like, yep. Not me. Well, don't you feel the move of God? Yeah, but I also know the move of my bank account. And last time I checked, I don't actually have $1,000 to just break off like that. If you ask me again in four months, I can stack up to it. But as of today, I'm not going to be able to participate. I won't give reluctantly and I won't give in response to pressure. I have been in church services where people have felt held hostage. We're not going to move. It turns into a hostage negotiation. It's a straight up standoff. We need 3,300 more dollars. And I'm like, sir. And the presiding, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm telling to myself, then the, the presiding prelate would pull out a 50. I'm like, you can't preside and prelate and have a 50, sir. You need to come up with 2,500 of this, sir. You're the presiding prelate of this thing. Wrap it up. <laughs> Listen, I'm being humorous about it, but, but there's, a, there's a bunch of givers who have had their hearts walled up behind a defense because they've been manipulated out of their finances. They've been guilted out of their finances. They've been held under legalistic uh, uh, means and it doesn't open up the heart to give. So, so, so I, I wanna tell you how great you are at giving today, uh, but I can't do that without teaching. And so I have a lot of points and sub points and I don't want there to be confusion. I have points and then I have bullet points to my points, but those bullet points are not points. So please don't add them up like one, two, three, or yes, you'll think that I have like 15 points to this message when I really don't. It's just points and then sub points, bullet points. Are y'all clear? <laughs> Great. Point number one, please write this down. Uh, giving and tithing are two different things. Giving and tithing are two different things. Now, I'm not here to debate with you theologically whether you believe in the tithe or not. I'm not here to de debate with you theologically if you think that tithing is an Old Testament principle because you Googled for five hours and read some stuff uh, and, and feel like uh, tithing is not for the New Testament church. I'm not here to argue with you about that. I'm plainly here to submit scripture to you uh, and to tell you that tithing is a principle, a principle that keeps us in a covenant with God. And I can tell you for a fact it works. I can tell you also that people that don't believe in tithing, uh, but just believe that the New Testament church should be a giving church. Uh, the majority of those people that I have found out that don't believe in tithing, but give uh, extravagantly, they give more than 10 percent of their income. So guess what? You still tithing. It's OK. Um, <laughs> so 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 I, here, here's the sub point that I want you to have under this first point. Uh, you return the tithe. You don't actually give a tithe. The only thing you can do is return the tithe. We return it to the Lord. It doesn't belong to us anyway. Everything that we have belongs to the Lord. What we return to him in covenant is 10% back to him. Here's a scripture that has been abused and misused uh, to scare people into tithing. 
I want to put it back in its proper context so you can have uh, just the context that gives you uh, the parameters by which you can just kind of feel free to do uh, what God is telling you to do. Malachi 3.10 says this, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do. Now, here it is right there. You don't have to tithe. If you don't want to tithe, you don't have to. But here's what he says. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies. It's not Malachi talking. This is God speaking. I will open the windows of heaven for you, period. He'll make a way. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Now, now, if you go and read, if you go and read in James chapter number one, it says that, uh, that, that God can't be tested. God can't be tempted. He can't be tested. But, but this is the only place I find in Scripture where, where, where God literally says himself, uh, there's only one place that you can test me. And it's with the tithe. You can't test me anywhere else. Do not get on 635 at 6.30 in the morning and pray not to get hit. You won't get hit. There's only one place that you can test me. And the only place I give you permission to test me is with the tithe. Because I'd love to prove to you that it works. I'd love to prove to you that it's not just an Old Testament principle. I'd love to prove it to you. I double dog dare you. To tithe. Well, I'm just not in a position to do it yet. You'll never be in a position to do it until you just actually do it. He says, try it. Put me to the test and I'll open up the windows of heaven and I'll bless you. Now, now here is where the scripture has been abused. Uh, uh, a couple of verses above it. It says that that you're cursed. And so the way that it's come across because people have chopped it up is that if you don't tithe, you are cursed. Like it's a voodoo spell being put on you. If you don't start tithing, God will curse you. That's not the truth. Here's the truth. The truth is you are already under a curse. Tithing removes it. You were also born in sin and shaping in iniquity. You were born in sin. You were born under a curse. When you gave your life to Jesus Christ, the curse was removed. In the same way, with your finances, with your giving, when you give your, your tithe to God, tithe means a tenth, when you give your tenth to God, you literally remove the curse. So it's not that you will be cursed, you're already under one. And tithing and keeping that covenant removes it. So that's the tithe. And you can only bring the tithe. So here's the second sub point. You give an offering. You bring back the tithe. Because it doesn't belong to you. But you give an offering. And you give whatever the Lord puts on your heart. You don't do it reluctantly. You don't do it in response to pressure. You just give freely from your heart. The tithe is a tenth. Your offering, that's on you. You want to give five bucks? Great. You want to give a dollar? Great. You want to give 75 cents? Great. The giving is on you. Now, let me give you my favorite giving scripture in the Bible. It's Exodus chapter number 35, starting at the fifth verse, and I'm going to give you uh, several scriptures in 35 and one in 36, a couple in 36. Here's what it says uh, uh, that, that Moses went to the children of Israel on behalf of God and said this, take a sacred offering for the Lord. 
Let those with generous hearts present the following gifts to the Lord. Then it goes on to say gold, silver, bronze. It talks about some goat hair. It talks about some wood. It talks about all these different contributions. And here's what I love. By making it gold, silver, bronze, goat hair, and all these other uh, things that you could bring, it literally uh, lifts it from being one thing that you can bring. Under Aaron, God, this, I just hear scriptures kind of battling for, for, for attention in my head. If you go look at uh, 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 when Moses was up uh, on the mountain and Aaron was down with the children of Israel, they said, listen, we don't know if Moses is coming back. Children of Israel got amnesia quick. We, we don't know if Moses is coming back and, and, and we need something for ourselves. Uh, 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 we, we, we need something that we can worship. Aaron raised an offering. Aaron raised an offering and he only asked for one type of thing that they could give, gold. The moment he did that, he manipulated what people were able to give. He literally, he literally cut off what people were able to give and people could only bring gold. You know what they got out of that at the end? An idol. And I love what Aaron said when Moses came back. He said, what happened here? He said, I don't know. <laughs> he said, the people gave me their gold and this calf jumped out. We was like, Aaron, for real? For real, Aaron? No, God opened it up. He said, you can bring all this different kind of stuff. So here's what, it, here was what was amazing. Some people that had gold could bring gold. Some people that didn't have gold but had silver could bring silver. The people that didn't have silver could bring bronze. The people that didn't have bronze could bring goat hair. Could you imagine? Literally going home and being like, man, we don't have no gold, silver, or bronze. But you know what? I got some clippers. <laughs> Come here, Billy. <laughs> Goat hair. Here's what it says in, in uh, 35 and 20. So the whole community of Israel left Moses and returned to their tents. Can I tell you something that was amazing to me in this verse? It says that uh, Moses addressed the entire group. The, the whole community of Israel heard this and they didn't even give spontaneously. They went home to think about it. No pastor has ever done that. Like, hey, I want you to pray about an offering and come back seven days later and let us know what, what's in your heart. No, they want it right then. Oh, we're not moving <laughs> with this service. He said, go home and think about it. They went home and think about it. Now, here's what it says in uh, verse, uh, Exodus 35, 21. All whose hearts were stirred and whose spirits were moved came and brought their sac sacred offerings to the Lord. They brought all the materials needed for the tabernacle, for the performance of its rituals and for the sacred garments. Keep that verse up. Now, here's the thing that I love about that verse. It doesn't say the whole community of Israel came back. It says all whose hearts were stirred. Now, who heard it? Everybody. Who came back? Only the people whose hearts were stirred and spirits removed came and brought their sacred uh, offerings to the Lord. Here's the thing. God has never needed 100% participation to get his will done in the earth. All he's ever needed is a willing heart to be able to be obedient to what he's telling them to do. So it never says the entire congregation of Israel came back and did what they did. Just like I know, we don't have 100% tithers in this church. We don't have 100% givers in this church. It's okay. You may be at a different stage or, 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 or a different uh, 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 area where your faith is being built up, but God has never needed 100% participation. He will take who's ever willing and do everything he needs to do for his glory. So here's what it says uh, uh, in uh, 22. Both men and women came, all whose hearts were what? 
They brought to the Lord their offerings of gold, uh, uh, brooches, earrings, rings from their fingers and necklaces. They presented their gold objects of every kind as a special offering to the Lord. They just started getting everything that they could give. Here's what it says in uh, 35, 29. So the people of Israel, every man and woman who was eager to help in the work the Lord had given them through Moses, brought their gifts and gave them what? Freely to the Lord. Now, let me I'm going to show you a a passage in chapter number 36, the next chapter over. That is just amazing to me because they continue to bring freely everything that that the Lord required for the tabernacle. And here's where we pick up in Exodus chapter number 36 and verse number three. Moses gave the gave them the materials. Who was them? Bezalel and Aholiab. Those are two names for you. You want to know who built the tabernacle, who who orchestrated all of these gifts and then actually uh, uh, made it what it was supposed to do? Bezalel and Aholiab. I want you to name your next kid Bezalel or Aholiab. Oh, what's your baby so cute? What's his name? Aholiab Johnson. (laughs) See the reaction you get when you put them syllables out there. Oh, your, your kid is so cute. What is his name? Bezalel Ross. That's a strong, that's a strong name. Can I call him Bezzy? <laughs> Moses gave Bezalel and Holy have the materials donated by the people of Israel as sacred, obje- sacred offerings for the completion of the sanctuary. But the people continued to bring additional gifts each morning. Because here's the thing, you can't, once you open up a giver's heart, you can't shut it out. Once you're a giver, you're always a giver. And listen, giving is not always money. This is what I love about the offering that was raised for the tabernacle. It was like, listen, man, you might have some gold or you might have a piece of wood. Bring it. All whose hearts are stirred to give. See, this got put into me at a young age. My parents uh, were were always givers. My mother used to work for the LAPD and um, uh, she would take the bus downtown to L.A. And where Parker Center was, was several blocks from uh, Skid Row. Where the bus dropped her off, she had to walk past Skid Row. And it's, you think it's bad now. It was bad back then. And so what my mom would do is put me and my brother Miles in an assembly line, and she would have us make a triple-decker peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. We would, we would put two to a bag, three pieces of bread each for the triple-decker peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, two to a bag. My mother wanted the homeless people to have something that was heavy, and a peanut butter and jelly sandwich is a carb-friendly, it'll put some weight on you. Okay, especially if you use chunky peanut butter. Okay, you will be. I mean, you will be looking for some milk, okay? That's how they got Mr. Ed to talk. If you're old enough to remember Mr. Ed, they put peanut butter under the roof of his mouth and he just. <laughs> Wilbur. <laughs> Only three people got that reference. Anyway, um, hashtag Nick at night. Um, so we, 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 put, we would uh, put two to a bag, and my mom would t- take about 10 to 15 bags, put them in a, a big duffel, and when she got off the bus while they were still sleeping, she would just put bags of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches so that when the people woke up, they have something to eat. She wasn't breaking them off with 20s. But, but when you have a heart to give, you're going to find a way to give what you have. If it's not money, it's a sandwich. If it's not sandwich, it's a coat. I got an extra coat. You, get, you now have a coat. I just got to find a way to bless you because giving is in my DNA. So these people kept giving so much that, that, that finally, this is what it says in 36.4, finally the craftsmen who were working on the sanctuary left their work. 
they, they, they went to Moses and reported, the people have given more than enough materials to complete the job the Lord has commanded us to do. With an exclamation mark. They was exasperated by the gifts. Could you imagine coming to church and be like, stop. Look now. Okay. Dang, you gave. Dang. Sit down somewhere. It's obnoxious. Then Moses went and... <laughs> Then, so Moses gave the command, and this message was sent throughout the camp. Men and women, don't prepare any more gifts for the sanctuary. We have enough. Could you imagine? If I walked in here one day and was like, oh my gosh, just stop already. It's March. We already made budget for the year. You're so obnoxious. Just keep the, just stop. Tithe, but stop. The given, dang, we have enough. So the people stop bringing their sacred offerings. Here's the thing for a giver. You got to tell them when to stop because they don't know no better. They'll just keep giving and giving and giving and giving and giving. So here, oh, this is the last part, verse 37. Their contributions were more than enough to complete the whole project. That's the kind of giving that God wants us to have, that, that we all collectively come in, we give what God has placed on our heart. And as a result of us giving what God has placed on our heart, we literally upset the world. There's two types of giving. This is point number two. Write this down. There's two types of giving. First bullet point under point number two, the two types of giving. The first bullet point is. Whatever you want. There's only two types of giving. The first, the first one is whatever you want. Whatever, uh, a, a whatever you want gift is usually carefree. It, it, it's, it's convenient or, or it's comfortable to you. A whatever you want gift is just like, hey, man, I got a dollar. You can have it. It's when you pull off on a major highway and see somebody with a cardboard sign and you just reach in uh, uh, your, your center console and, and you have a five dollar bill. and You're like, hey, man, God bless you. And the person like, man, thank you so much. Or you got a stack full of 20s. And so you peel a 20 off. Maybe you feel uh, a peel two 20s off and you give it to the person. They're like, oh, my goodness, God bless you. Thank you so much. And you're like, hey, it was carefree. It was convenient. It was comfortable. It was, it was whatever you want gift. I've been around, I've checked out of grocery stores and they're like, hey man, would you like to give a dollar to such and such? And I'm like, it's a dollar. Yeah. I never say no to that stuff. It's a dollar. When I'm, when I'm in line and I see the people like, no, I'm like, a dollar though? That's, you just bought $1,800 worth of groceries from Sam's and this dollar about to break you though? We can't get a little more cancer research, dude, off this dollar, for real? Some of y'all are convicted. <laughs> You're like, but I like my dollar. <laughs> okay, let me stop. Here's the second type of, uh, 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 of gift you can give. It's a whatever he wants gift. The, the first type of giving is whatever you want. The second type of giving, though, whatever he wants. And a whatever he wants type of gift is usually sentimental. There's an emotion attached to it. God breaks your heart over a cause or, or, or a purpose. 
And, and so there's a sentimentality that's attached to it or uh, there, there is it's sacrificial and you feel it. Anybody ever given a sacrificial gift and you're like, dang, Jesus, for real, you want to miss? <laughs> did they really need that, though? And did you really need to meet, use me to do it? Sacrificial. Or the, the last one is it could be sensational. And when it's sensational, it's spectacular. You're like, oh, my God, I cannot believe that we're even in a position to do this. This is phenomenal. God, that you would trust me, that you would trust us to do something like this is blowing my mind. So here's what I want to let you know. NBC City, you, we have the gift of giving. And it's scriptural. You can literally have a gift of giving. Some people are givers. Other people have a gift to give. Anybody besides me have a gift to give? You feel like God's giving you a grace. You're like, nah, I'm, a, I'm a giver. Like, I'm anointed to give. I can't even stop myself from giving. Here's what it says in uh, Romans chapter number 12, verse number eight. It says, uh, if your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is in giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. These are what we call the administrative gifts in the body of Christ. And one of them is actually the gift of giving. You can actually have a gift to give. And again, it could be your time. It could be your talent. It could be your treasure. It's not always money. You just have a gift to give. Now, because we corporately have this gift to give, God has been able to use us to do some incredible things. And now I want to get back to 2 Corinthians chapter number 9, verse number 12, to let you know what our giving has allowed us to do. Paul said it this way. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. Now. Here's what I love about the reaction to giving. We get to give to people that are in need, but as a result, they don't even thank us as much as they thank God. See, 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 the giving is not to make you feel good. It's to advance the kingdom and allow people to point and reorient their affection and their praise back to God. I, I've blessed rank sinners so well that they thank God. And I know they're not saved. Based on everything they said prior to thanking God. <laughs> and then you bless them and they're like, man, God bless you, bro. Man, wow, thank the Lord. <laughs> the fact that you can point them up with your gift is how we can upset people's world. And get them to start realizing that I believe that there must be a God somewhere because somebody was actually nice to me. You want to blow somebody's mind? Just be kind in your giving. Doesn't have to be extravagant, but it has to be something that moves you to move them to point them back to God. Two weeks ago, I was in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I was at a conference uh, with Mike Todd. Uh, I am the apostolic uh, overseer of Transformation Church in Tulsa, and Mike had a conference, and what God's been doing with uh, this young man's life is absolutely miraculous. I've known him for eight years before uh, any of these doors started opening for him uh, when he was a youth pastor back in Tulsa, and he became the senior pastor of that very same church. I was with the church through the transition, 
And the pastor emeritus, Bishop Gary McIntosh, uh, said that uh, you need to be the one that oversees uh, apostolically this church. So we've been doing that uh, since he became the senior pastor. God gave Mike Todd a word that he was going to give him uh, miraculously the Spirit Bank Arena. The Spirit Bank Arena was built for $50 million in 2008. Uh, it was an, uh, a place for entertainment. A lot of concerts were held there. Also, the developmental G League of the NBA had their games there. God gave Mike a word, I think it was in 2013 or so, while he was in his daughter's Bella's room, that God was going to give him that building. Uh, so he started looking at that building and, and requesting an audience with the brokers, and they would say, no, we're never going to sell this building, and it's never going to be sold to you. Just rude. And uh, th there was like a Dave and Buster's type conglomerate that came in, and they got some funding together, and they were going to purchase the building to make it kind of like a Dave and Buster's type uh, uh, entertainment complex. And the day that they went to close, the funding fell through. And when the funding fell through, they called Mike's broker and said, does this kid still want this building? They said, absolutely. <laughs> and they were able to buy a building that in 2008 was $50 million. In 2019, they bought it for $10.5 million. 175,000 square feet for $10.5 million. When Mike took the church, they had 400 people. Uh, this year, they have about 5,000 people. That all happened in the last 24 months. And because they were good stewards of their finances, they were able to put $6 million down on the building. That's stewardship. So we're there at the conference, and while we're at the conference, uh, I was supposed to speak on Wednesday night, and worship was amazing, and, and worship was going and going, and I was like, man, I don't think I'm supposed to preach. And so I was backstage and, and Mike was uh, facilitating the worship and he ran back and he looked at me and he was like, man, I don't know how we're going to come out of this. Like, I don't know if you're supposed to preach. And I just I didn't even say anything. I just gave him a look like if you don't get out of my face, because I am not about to go on that. No, we're not transitioning. Nothing. The Holy Spirit told me after he went back up on the platform, I need you to take off your shoes and your socks because you are standing on holy ground. And so I'm barefooted on the cold con concrete. And uh, after uh, a certain point in the service, I walked up to the platform and God gave me one word for Mike. And that was that you cannot go back to the old building. They were only doing their conference in the new building. But Mike wanted to wait 10 to 12 months to update the building and make it state of the art before they moved in. The word that the Lord gave me for Mike was you wanted to wait until it was state-of-the-art before you moved in. God says tonight, this worship was state-of-the-art, and he moved in. That's a word right there. Okay? So the next day, Thursday, I'm supposed to preach, and um, uh, he said, man, uh, uh, we, we did registration for this conference. We haven't raised an offering. We, we want to raise an offering for people uh, to help us because if we can't go back to the other building, we rented all this equipment. We're going to need th this stuff to like be here like uh, permanently. And so I was like, yeah, absolutely. Use, use Exodus 35 and make the appeal and believe God. So I sat down and the elders give me permission to give up to $10,000 to any cause or organization uh, that I move with compassion towards uh, at, on any given month, $10,000 uh, without having the, uh, the elders have to approve it, all of us. And so I sat down to give the comfortable 
convenient. Whatever I want offering. Ten grand, I'm going to give that. And so I sat down and, and, and began to type a letter to the elders, just letting them know, hey, I'm going to give ten grand. And the Holy Spirit said, you're not giving ten grand. He said, this needs to be the largest single offering you've ever given in the history of Embassy City Church. And I was like, oh. Okay. And so, um, well, I'll just let Mike tell you the rest. Embassy City Church, this is Pastor Mike, and I want to say greetings, salutation. What up, though, from Tulsa, Oklahoma, here at Transformation Church. Man, I have to just take a moment and just say thank you. I am overwhelmed at the thought of what you did. And some of y'all are like, what did we do? What you did is you believed and sowed and were faithful into a vision at your church that has now touched the world. Your pastor and your generosity has sown a significant seed into our church at a time where we're stepping out in crazy faith. And I can't tell you what you're doing right now has literally made us believe God at a whole nother level. You've given us $100,000 to right behind me facilitate the stage and the lighting and, and, and all of the things that have to take for us to take this message to the world. And it's that global mission that is in the heart of Embassy City Church and your leaders, Pastor Tim and Juliet, that allows us to do it. I wanna say out of everybody in the world, thank you to you, Embassy City Church. We are a kingdom that is better together. And you've proved that through your irrational generosity and Transformation Church, everything that happens here is linked to your generosity. Thank you. We love you. Now, if you can't praise God for the fact that we were even in a position to do what we just did, then your praiser is absolutely broken. God, thank you. All right, all right, all right, all right. Sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. All right, so what had happened was, I'm sitting there about to give 10, the Holy Spirit says, gives a hundred. And I was like, a hundred? <laughs> there were 50 states represented at this conference. 30 nations from around the world, including Saudi Arabia. How was somebody from Saudi Arabia? They got to the conference. And the Holy Spirit said, this, this, this ministry is reaching the globe. And so I gave you a global fund. Now, here's the thing. There was only 115 grand in the global fund. He said, give 100. So like, that's what I was talking about. <laughs> like sometimes God tells you to do something and it is sentimental, it is sacrificial, and it is sensational all at one time. It's the type of gift, have you ever, God told you to do something and you was like, huh? He was like, okay, God, if, it's, if that's you, though, make the next three lights be red. Anybody? I'm just saying. Sometimes I need a fleece. Sometimes I just need a fleece. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, okay, okay, if this is you, though, don't let there be rush hour traffic at five. Like, like let every light be green for 13 miles. Like, have you anybody? You just like, I don't, I don't know. Well, we have elders, and, and I have to submit to the elders, especially if it's 100 grand. And, and, and so I'm like, two of the three are businessmen. I know they're going to be like, what? 
this ain't, this. they're not going to say it's not God, but they're going to be like, whoa, bro. So I asked them all and all of them said, no, this is the Lord. One of them said, no, this is an apostolic ab- obligation. Embassy City is an apostolic house and, and, and you must do this. I went to the bank with the wiring instructions. I have never <laughs> in my life been more nervous. Not because not, not, again, I have a gift to give me. So once God tell me to do it, oh, I'm about that life. I'm, I'm gone. Right. But when I got there, I was like, don't mess this up. One, zero, zero, comma, zero, zero, dot, zero, zero. Please don't make this a million dollar gift. Because this wire is going to bounce. I need you to get this right, sir. Tap, 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 tap. Tap. And we wired that money. And I've never felt so excited. And let me tell you, I'm going to give you the verse to prove why I was so excited. It's Acts chapter number 20, verse number 35. Here's what it says. And I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, if, if you have a paper Bible, it's in red. If you have a digital Bible, it should be in red. If it's not, get a new one. It says the Lord Jesus said this. Isn't it amazing? Matthew, Mark, Luke or John do not record these words. But Paul makes this statement and says, I'm not just saying this because I think it's a good idea. Jesus said this himself. It is far more blessed to give than to receive. So let me tell you something. As excited as, as excited as Transformation Church was to receive that blessing, do you know who's more blessed? The ones that were able to give it. So I, I, I want you to understand, we did not just get here. We didn't just start doing this. This church has been like this since the beginning. So let me rewind you back to 2015 when we planted the church in September of 2015. And I want to show you by year what Embassy City Church has been able to give because we have a grace to do so. 2015, we gave a total of $38,000 in three months. This is just recording September of 2015 through December 31st of 2015, we gave almost $19,000 in benevolence. Our donations and missions were $16,300. And our gifts for weddings, funerals, gift cards, just blessing people was close to $3,200. We gave $38,000. A newborn baby church gave $38,000 because we have a grace to give. 2016. Just let that marinate for a minute. <laughs> Benevolence, 33,000, almost 34,000. Donations and missions, 253. Gifts, 43, 290. Now, let me tell you something. Eight out of the 12 months of 2016, 
we only had about 250 adults attending our church. We were meeting on Saturday nights at 5 p.m. Nobody was filling us then. They were like, when y'all meet? Saturdays at 5. They were like, <laughs> see y'all later. 250 people. Listen, we don't have basketball players that go to this church. And if we, if we do, y'all real low key. Like, y'all ain't told us what team y'all play for at all. Okay. We don't, no, we don't have no major baseball players, entertainers. This is just hearts generous enough to give. 2017. 29,000, 111,000 donations and missions, 5,600, 146, 2018. Total of 128. 27, 92, and 8. 2019 just through today. Twenty-two in benevolence, two oh nine, and, and that's just with that gift that we gave uh, Mike. Fourteen thousand. <laughs> Here, let me tell y'all something though. If God is allowing us to do a hundred right now, then He's preparing us to do a million. I can't wait till we get get to give our first million dollar gift to advance the kingdom of God. Is there anybody besides me that's excited that God has put us in a position to give like this? Listen, and we've been able to do it without raising an offering. I've literally heard people say that won't last, that no church could ever be sustained without raising an offering. I remember in 2016, <laughs> I remember in 2016, getting a financial report, or 2017, getting a, get, getting a financial report saying that we, we were about 90 days out from not being able to cut checks to the staff. And they gave us the financial report, and this is what most leaders would do. They would come in and start teaching on giving never really even sharing what the situation is, just start teaching on giving, but being putting a pressure behind it because we know we need to make budget. The Lord told me years ago, don't ever talk to me about money. This is the way he's blessed me. And I don't come from money. But he told me years ago, don't ever talk to me about money. So when this report came to me that we were about... 60 to 90 days out from not having a, a, a budget, what I did is I took that piece of paper and I laid my hands on it. And I didn't ask God to give us money. I asked God to bless you. I asked God to give you jobs, to give you promotions, to give you bonuses, to give you uncanny ways and creativity to generate income because I knew that the people that go to this church that if God bless you, you would be a blessing to this house. And it wasn't long before God proved this point. That this is his church and he would take care of it. So the fact that he's allowed us to do that. And I still get people that come to Guest Central and go, but where do you give, though? We're like, oh, you passed all the boxes, or you can give online. They're like, do you even want my money? No. We want your heart. God wants your heart. And if he gets your heart, 
He has everything else. So Embassy City, we have a grace to give. And I just want to say thank you for being the type of church that literally helps us in a very tangible way upset the world. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If you would like more information on our church, please go to www.embassycity.com. We would love to hear from you. Our prayer is that you have been inspired and transformed. Have a wonderful day and come back again.